0: Hello, Michelle. How are you doing, Megan? I'm good. It's time for an episode that I'm excited about. Um, Absolutely. Ask me why I'm excited. Why are you excited? Because we have two phenomenal guests today <laughs> who have their own amazing podcast. That's
1: right. We have Athena and Amber from Ex-Wives Undercover here with us
0: tonight. Woo-hoo! It's like a crossover you. event. That's right. It's yeah. Like Shonda Rhimes up in here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are every bit, love bit her. Bit Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So we started chatting on Instagram, what, a month ago? probably yeah and you guys suggested a little crossover and I think this is fucking great because you have gone through some shit that we want to talk about (laughs) and then some (laughs) it's character building
2: yeah right oh big lessons for sure (laughs) so introduce yourselves well I'll go first since you're (laughs) taking a drink (laughs) I'm Amber I'm part of the ex-wives undercover I'm wife number two Athena came first yep i'm athena co-host of xy said recover and
3: i narrate most of the script which is kind of funny because i'm sure you ladies have heard one or two and yep it's challenging trying to read her chapters because she writes them as herself right And so I have to change up the verbiage, right? To narrate it. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's funny because she shit talks me. I know, that's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I'm shit talking myself. And it's just, yeah.
0: Okay, so you're talking about chapters. Explain to us why you're reading from chapters.
1: Sure,
2: yeah. The original idea was when this all went down, we were like, we have to make a movie out of this. You just can't make this shit up. Like, it's insane. And then we talked about like, we should just really just write a book, you know, and then a year later, we kind of were like, let's do this. But then at the time, we're like, why don't we take the book and turn it into a podcast? Because that's more current these days. And a lot of people don't have time to sit and read. So we kind of were doing both simultaneously. So we write a chapter of the book, and then we turn that into a podcast, but we interview each other. So there's snippets of our voices in between the reading of the book.
0: After I just listened to one episode, I got it. The cadence of how you do your podcast, and then it seemed natural. I liked hearing the description as if it was almost like a narrative book, you know, on tape or something, and then hearing you guys discuss it. Are you actually going to release a book or are you just reading the book on a podcast?
2: We will release it eventually. Yeah. Once we finish it. I mean, it's still going on. Like we could just be writing this thing for years on out. The story hasn't ended. <laughs> There's so much <laughs> happening right now. It's still going on. When is
0: volume one coming out? <laughs>
2: I know. Like the story's still going.
3: <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to go for. There's still been a couple more girlfriends. There's been crazy things. He's got multiple felony accounts right now that they're going after him for. We could write two books, to be honest with you. We could write one to where we left off when we joined together. And then so much happened. We uncovered a handful of other women that were involved even other countries. Oh My god. I still have about 5 more chapters before I know. we
2: even meet. And per- like again, right. So Athena was with him for 5 years. I was with him for 5 years, almost 6 actually both of us. So between 2006 and 2019. 2007, 2007 to 2019 with him, split equally during that time frame. So 10 plus years of being together, married
1: Crazy. (laughs) A lot can happen. and It's amazing to
0: me. When Michelle first told me about your podcast, I was like, wait, I don't understand how they can have a whole podcast season about one individual person. And she was like, oh, there's so much. There's There's so much." much. And so then I started listening and I was like, Holy shit. No wonder they have a whole season.
2: We've barely even touched on it. And we're on chapter 10. We keep getting comments from people like he's the worst. I'm like, oh girl, this is nothing. This is the very beginning. This is nothing. We're just getting started.
1: You have no idea. We're just getting started. Can't wait for more. And it comes out Tuesdays, right? The podcast. episodes. Okay.
2: And then we'd put a YouTube video Saturday, Mm
1: -hmm. which
2: is basically like extended version. So we sit down just like how we are with you. And we sit for an hour and a half probably. And we go through the chat chapter and we have kind of just this extended conversation without the narrated part it doesn't all make it into the podcast we kind of were like well whatever's extra and if there's some extra tea a lot of shit talking a lot yeah
1: Yeah.
3: A lot of bad words from me. I'm sorry. Apologize in advance. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> we have an episode called Fucking Fuck. Okay.
2: We both get in trouble. Our moms are like, you girls need to stop it right now. She's <laughs> like, can't you talk cleaner like Amber? And my mom's saying the exact
3: opposite. She's like, you sound like a trucker. This is terrible. <laughs> well, she can't say you sound good like Athena
2: because I'm worse, so.
1: <laughs> Amber, I heard you give a few, like, fricks here and there. I'm trying to.
2: Well, now that my boss saw it, now I'm like, oh, gosh. Which the be the last <laughs> yes. episode I was editing. It's like, I did that on purpose in case my boss is tuning in again.
3: Yikes.
0: That's so funny. Yeah.
3: Maybe, can we talk about that fiasco recently? So
0: tell us what happened with your work and your lovely act.
2: Well, the fact that he's listening and he got tipped off to it, he doesn't want to be exposed. And that's one of the biggest things that narcissists don't want is to be exposed. And even though we've changed his name, we've changed towns, we've changed his family members, like we've changed everything. I mean, we're kind of forced to protect his name Mm -hmm. um, because of libel and slander lawsuits. He still doesn't want it out there because and he knows who it's about and he knows that certain people know who it's about. And so he's just adamant to put a stop to it. And the narcissist in him, he thinks
3: everybody in the world knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So he thinks that this is like going to ruin his future. I'm like, Nobody knows you, dude. Yeah. You're a nobody, really. In the grand scheme of things, nobody's going to
2: look
1: you up. Maybe
2: like locals.
1: That's his worst nightmare though. Yeah. You're
2: exactly right. I mean, he's tried to threaten both of us. He's cried to me. He's tried every method possible to get us to put a stop to it. And then about, what's it been, two weeks now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get an email from HR and our compliance people and I'm like, God, what is this? And he's like, we got alerted on LinkedIn that this person says that they're going to be suing our company because of a podcast that you're doing oh my god and so it was mortifying
1: if he doesn't want anybody to know his name he probably shouldn't uh, go on record in court and what's standing
0: have to sue your company
2: He doesn't. So he threw that in there. He even made up stuff. He did. He made up that in future episodes, they will be naming your company. And I'm like, why would I do that? Why? Jesus. Yeah. Just to get them scared. And so yeah, they basically are like, this guy's an idiot. It was a fake LinkedIn account, no picture, no nothing. And it's typical. It's what he does. He's created so many fake social media profiles over the years.
0: You know, it's pretty typical of narcissists, as we talked about in our last episode, to think that they are better and smarter than everyone else. So it probably is just infuriating him Mm -hmm. that you guys are speaking about him in a way that discloses negative actions on his part, because everybody needs to know how great he is, right? (laughs) So.
3: His blood boils listening to it. I can't even believe he does it, but I don't think he could not listen. Right. But he's like, what incredible Hulk. You know, like I could <laughs> see him exploding out of his
2: skin, like, because he can't do anything about it. We all have restraining orders. He's litigation happy, though.
0: He threatens to sue everybody. How does he have the financial means to be so litigious?
2: Well, he does embezzle money. <laughs> so- so there's that. Okay. It's
1: very profitable.
2: <laughs> yeah. I am going to say,
3: legal bills aren't cheap. Almost $400,000. That's just one company. He's caught. He's being prosecuted through King County, the prosecutor's office there. So they're taking him on, taking this case on. But with COVID, right, it's taking forever because they have to have a jury trial. Can't do that right now. Yeah. Spring, summer, hopefully he'll be tried and convicted, but he has pending cases all over the place. And one of his other victims is in court battling him right now too. So hopefully. Hopefully he'll get even more time, but I swear, like I always say he was a Pope in another life because the man gets away with everything.
2: He gets away with murder. He does. And like, technically it's 10 years for each charge and there's 13 felony charges. So he could be in jail for 130 years, the max, but he won't probably get anything. No, the prosecutor said, hopefully a year. Yeah. I was like a year and
3: he's on probation for our restraining orders, domestic violence orders for violating it. Wow. Yeah. He tried to come at us at the courthouse and they tackled him to the ground and arrested him. It was amazing. Seriously? Oh my God. Yeah. It was pretty cool we were like, oh my God. We were like pressed up against the window, you know, where you go in through the metal detector. We're talking and then we just stop because we're scared. And he just starts walking towards us. We don't see a word, but we can't help it. We just slowly like sink into the wall and there's a window built in kind of like a little... alcove. Yeah. And so we're like pushed up against it and the officer's just like staring at us like, what are you doing? And then he says, is that Ben? And we're like, "Mm -hmm." the cops here, they Hate him. I'm custody. I'm trying, Amber. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> Well, you can yeah. do it here. We don't yeah. care. <laughs> okay, yeah. They fucking hate him. Fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. They fucking hate him. I remember when I was in the courtroom getting ready to like say my.
0: Victim impact statement or
3: something. Yes. So I say it before they sentence him and I look back because I could hear some of the police officers kind of chuckling and it's the ones that know Amber and I very well because they've had to come out and do so many things with us and look after us. And so they walked me back to the car. He was like, I'm so sorry we were laughing because they kept saying some weird word. And I was like, what are you doing? And he goes, they had a code word because if he acted up or said anything, they were all putting dibs on tackling him to the ground again. <laughs>
2: That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah they were
3: like, I want to. Who gets to do it? It was like
1: basketball or something. And I was like, why do they keep yelling basketball? It was so weird. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad that you guys are sticking with it and telling your story, regardless of his threats and pleas and fake tears and all that shit. Because it's real and it happened to you. I have a quote that I saw. Actually, I think I put it on our Instagram stories last week. It says you own everything that happened to you. Tell your stories. If people wanted you to write warmly about them, they should have behaved better. Amen, sister. Yeah. Right? Don't be a complete dick to me for years and then expect me to be like, oh, he was great. Well, he's entitled, so. Yeah, he's so entitled.
0: You know, I am curious, what is the ultimate goal in telling your story? I mean, I know on your podcast, Athena, you've talked about losing a sister to domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Is it trying to protect people from going through what you guys went through? Is it because this is entertaining, which it really fucking is? (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) but it is. What is your ultimate goal?
3: D, all of the above. Okay. Yeah. I'll answer then, Amber you should because I feel like we have different passions in the project very similar but definitely the death of my sister the legal system is so fucked and they don't protect us against mentally unstable domestic partners we haven't even touched on that in the book yet but we will but with what I went through in court the fake documents that he puts in all the proof that I come up with and they still have us back over and over and over
2: it's crazy to me. And gives him his right to his child. Unless he is sexually abusing her. Right, which he's not, but the emotional abuse seems to not count. Yeah.
3: So for me, one of my ultimate goals, there should be a public website, a free public website, where a person can go and research anybody who's been charged with domestic violence. My sister met this man on Tinder. You know, if she knew that he was married twice before with domestic violence issues or mental health, which I know HIPAA will always protect that, it is what it is, but at least she might have had the choice to make a decision whether she wanted to move forward with dating him going to meet him for that first time. And she didn't because a background check, you're paying $40 or more and sad, but true. she's a single mom. She probably didn't have that to spend. And in the past, I haven't either.
2: Yeah. I did do a background search on it.
3: Yeah. And it doesn't have everything. It didn't. It doesn't have details. And I think that if you could research I know public records has things, but that's challenging to navigate through too sometimes. So I would love for that to be either a state database or a national thing. Yeah. I would love to create a nonprofit at the end of all this to raise money to have software created for it. It should be done.
1: Yeah, that's really important. And I'm really sorry for your loss. It's fucking tragic and awful and Mm -hmm. so unfair. Absolutely unfair. Yeah. And I just believe that knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And so a
2: lot of these weasels, They don't have court records. They don't have domestic violence records. So some of them do, some of them don't. And they're incredibly dangerous. And so we do red flag blogs. We're trying to like bring awareness of some of these things, love bombing, future faking. There's all these things I had no idea about. So we're trying to just educate if these people are going to be floating out. And actually there's like 14 million people with cluster B personality disorders in the U.S. alone. If they're floating out there and they're online, at least arm yourself with knowledge of when to spot certain things that I was oblivious to. And think about that number. Those are diagnosed cases.
3: That's not common. Yes. You have to be over 18 years old to even be diagnosed with a cluster B personality disorder or personality disorder in general. And how many people on their own that are adults are actually going to physically go in and go, oh, you know, especially a narcissist? Yeah. I think I have a personality disorder.
2: Yeah. Most of them
1: don't believe they have anything. Of course not. That
2: number is way higher.
1: The cluster B disorders, that's like antisocial and borderline and narcissistic. Um, sociopath, right?
0: Histrionic.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Psychopath.
0: Yep. Yeah. I know you want people to go to your podcast and actually listen Mm -hmm. to get all the dirty details, but can we raise a few to like pique some interest for people? Yeah. Bring it on.
2: There's some doozies.
0: <laughs> the crazy part
2: is, is um, so Athena was with him when he was in his 20s. And we've noticed that by the time I got to him, he was mid-30s, and he's gotten progressively worse. Oh, bad. With the lying, with the risky behaviors, with everything, he's gotten worse. So it starts off with her, and she witnessed some horrible things. And then it was not until she divorced him when it got even worse. And then when I got to him, it's just even worse after that. So.
0: Ugh. One of the things that I was most surprised by, just blew me away, is that he faked having cancer multiple times Mm -hmm. to the point where he was actually posing for photographs in hospital gown to send to people. Was he claiming to be getting treatment at that time? I mean,
3: oh my God. Tell
0: us about that.
3: This is the fucking craziest story. Okay. Um, this is definitely a sneak peek because our listeners don't even know about this. They haven't got there yet. Yeah. And this is juicy. <laughs> I've been dying to get to this. Okay. When all this came about and Amber and I kind of came together, we slowly had other people coming out of the woodwork. Well, on Facebook, on Messenger, if you don't know them, it filters it to that
1: other. Right.
3: Boss. Yeah. So I'd gotten a message from this woman from another country, two different women from Finland, Sweden. I can't remember. Norway was it Norway? Okay. I was just like, Oh, I'm not going to click on this. This is probably Ben who knows. Cause he has put spyware on our phone multiple times. All of us women tracked us tracking device in our cars. Wow. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. so I ignored it. But then when women kept popping up, I thought, okay, wait a minute. He and I are not friends on Facebook. So maybe there's something to this. So anyway, so I ended up clicking it two months later and messaging both of these women Within a day or so, one of them got back to me. She was nervous about what she was saying. But anyway, she had met Ben on Tinder somehow, some way. She travels in and out to, I think, the Los Angeles airport.
2: But he had set his perimeters to be global. So he actually met her with his parameters set to global and he tried to tell her, I'm sorry, I don't mean to hijack your story, but he told, no, him, no, no, I'm actually looking to buy some property in Norway.
1: Oh, add to his collection of other properties <laughs> that he owns. Just kind of increase that portfolio. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll let you go now, Athena. Oh, so
3: basically they start talking and then he schmoozes her and they're dating, right? Finally, they're going to meet in person and she's going to fly out to LA. So he makes up a story to his wife, Amber in Oregon. Which, by the way, Amber and I did not know that he was living in the opposite state. No. I knew he lived and had a place in Washington. She knew that he lived in Oregon and had a place in He was driving back and forth multiple times a week. Yeah. Pretending the whole time with my daughter.
0: Oh, my God. Holy shit. That's yeah. commitment. Yeah. yeah.
3: So it's over Thanksgiving, right around that time, I believe. And he tells Amber that CPS has taken Sydney, my daughter, away and that he needs to come up to Washington to deal with it. Mm -hmm.
2: really? We're in Hawaii over Thanksgiving. And he's meeting some girl from Norway in LA. So after a few days, he has to get home to his wife. So they're supposed to hang out for a week and then go to Hawaii and then fly off to Hawaii. And she packed
3: everything. She packed all of her Hawaii gear, her winter gear for coming to the West coast. And on day three or four, he goes, sir. Yeah. He just disappears. So she messages me like, what the fuck? Like, do you know who this is? It all comes unraveled. Anyway, long story short is, she finally gets text messages from his phone and the messages say, hi, this is Ben's mom. And Ben was hit by a car crossing the street while he was in Los Angeles and he's in a coma. Yeah. And so
2: I'm so sorry, but I'm getting back to you. That's because he had to go home to me. Yeah. Back to his
0: wife. He was probably really boring to hang out with while he was in a coma. (laughs) Right?
2: Totally. (laughs) The pictures are even better. I was like, oh my God, he went so far. So he miraculously wakes up from his coma and then he texts her (laughs) with pictures. No, no. He
3: FaceTimes her. He's FaceTiming her live, and she's screenshotting it, but his mom works for an elderly care facility.
2: Yes, so they do have hospital gowns. So he's in one of the rooms. No fucking way. I locked the door. I swear, I think he fucking
3: went to a thrift store because he looks like he's wearing his Eeyore. Like a kid's. Winnie the Pooh Eeyore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, he's like 230 pounds.
2: (laughs) Right. He's huge. He has this ginormous band-aid across his head. Yeah, he's bandaged his face. He's got the Eeyore hospital gown on and he's FaceTiming her. Oh
0: my God. From
2: my house. He was at my house when he was sending pictures from my bedroom. Like, I wish I was there with you because I saw the pictures later. I was like, girl, that's my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) pictures from my pretty nice hospital I was gonna say
1: (laughs) nicest hospital remember so
2: but the reason they end up landing on Athena because usually they can't find me because we don't have kids connection but it's because his mom has a picture with Athena and their daughter and it's a public picture Uh, and so somehow they always land on the mom's Facebook and then they connect with Athena lucky you I know she always gets the random women going can I something's not quite right and I've been dating him for a little while does Uh, his
0: mom actually believe his shit or she? oh god yes really, really? Uh,
2: she will cover for him they knew he was married to me and that we were moving and he somehow brought one of his many girlfriends to their home and she welcomed it like oh he's just going through marital problems and blah 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 I was like you just welcomed another
1: woman and lied for him and told this other woman that he wasn't married wow yeah if my kid tried to pull that shit I'd send him to jail myself
0: right <laughs> Jesus. oh it's bad so wait, so that was getting hit by a car and being in a coma. What about cancer? <laughs>
3: okay, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So let's rewind. He was probably, I believe, four months into dating Amber. Now looking back on the time frame, would he is nervous about losing a female in his life? He has borderline personality disorder, so he always needs a backup because he yeah. can't be alone. So I think what was happening was. She was catching on. Things were getting a little rocky. She was questioning things. And so he had me meet him at this Thai restaurant and basically just sat me down. was like, I need to tell you something. I have stage three lung cancer. And I'm like, what? And this is the first time he'd ever done that with me or I'd seen any type of fake documents. Like later, I've seen multiple fake parenting plans, the whole nine. But at this point, it was the first one. He gives it to me and I look at it and he's a liar and I don't trust him. But again, he never lied about cancer or an illness. So I took my phone, I took a picture of it and I researched the shit out of it and none of it added up or made sense. On the family wizard, I kept trying to upload it and I recorded him saying he didn't actually have cancer so she could hear it, but he would get to it because she was working and she couldn't have her phone during the day. He would delete. So he deleted off the family wizard app The parenting app we
2: use. But I didn't know he was telling her this. So he had just told me within two months of me moving to Seattle. We got engaged after six weeks. And then I moved to Seattle the following month. So it was really, really quick. And I mean, no sooner had I got to Seattle, he told me he had a stomach tumor and that it was possibly cancerous. And so I'm hyperventilating to my mom, like, oh my God, like, I can't even believe this is happening. So I was under the impression he had a stomach tumor. And then he never told me about this lung cancer. It wasn't until Athena wrote it on our family wizard. And I was like, (laughs) what is she talking about? And he goes, Amber, I'm a gym rat. Like, look at me. I'm 240 pounds. I am the epitome of health. He's like, see, this is what I'm talking about. She's a lying piece of crap. She's jealous of our relationship, blah, 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 all that stuff. So I was like, you are healthy. Like, I don't understand. Like, where is she coming from with this? And I had no idea that's what he was telling her. And then later he tells me he has leukemia. It's a lot
1: of different cancers to have. (laughs) Has bad luck. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. He told Dee he had cancer too, which was the relationship prior to Athena. That man's had 10 lives. (laughs) Wow. It's crazy.
0: You guys talk in your podcast about his childhood friends that you had met. Um, how does he have friends <laughs> from, from childhood? Like, how have these people lived around. through, yeah, all of this weird stuff? And maybe they don't know all the details, but I'm just curious how he maintained people in his life from his youth through all of this bullshit.
3: Yeah. You know, I used to joke around with him and say, you
2: are a much better friend than you are a partner or a spouse. Let's just be friends. They don't have a romantic relationship with him. So it's totally different. They know that he embellishes because I've talked to his friends. They're like, where does he get his money? Like, what is he really doing? Like they joke about it, but it doesn't affect their lives. Right. And remember the close ones are from a small town and I,
3: I'm not trying to talk shit, but I will say if I'm thinking about a few of them. There is definitely a few womanizers, a few just dumb ass followers that probably thought he was cool, you know?
2: Well, right. He's bringing home women all over the place. They aspire to be that probably. Exactly. None of the women have been... Like they're pretty decent yeah, you guys are lovely to look at so <laughs> <laughs> thanks but like they probably just thought he was like a stud you know what i mean like right oh he's banging all these women he's got seahawk cheerleaders and this and that and and plus i do think it's
0: different with guys yeah you know guys don't really like dig in true. very much
2: very
3: true. even
0: yeah. if they think something is kind of bullshit they tend to just sort of drug it off yeah. or they'll be like i don't want to get
1: involved i don't want to know i don't want to know yeah. Right. Well, and if they don't have that personal stake, like you were saying, it's not a romantic relationship. Yeah. They go watch sports yeah. together. And then Ben buys shots for everybody. Cause Ben has all this
3: money.
2: So they're like, yay, Ben's the best. Ben's great. Yeah. Uh. I mean, I know that one of them came to me and was like, Amber, I'm so, so sorry. Like I knew, and I just, I didn't want to meddle in his business and get involved, but I knew all along what he was doing. He's apologized to me and just, I'm so sorry. Another sleazy friend that probably wants to bang you though,
3: Amber.
1: Trip. You never <laughs> yeah. can tell. What about your friends? Did your friends or family see anything that they were like, hey, maybe you should slow down there, or take a peek at this. Like, what the fuck's going on over here? Oh, yeah. Mine did for sure. Yeah.
3: But if you think about it with Amber being out here away from her family on the regular... And sad, but true. Like, you know, my family is here. They're not too far away, but it wasn't like I was seeing them every weekend, I suppose. Some of it was embarrassing. So I didn't want to tell them, but yeah, definitely. I mean, my mom, before she walked me down the aisle said to me, honey, if you want to leave, let's go. I don't give a shit. I'll go out there and say, Hey, everybody, we're having a party, but you don't need to marry this man. She's a good mom. She always had my back. She would stick by me. Even though she would give me advice, she knew she had made mistakes in her past. And so she was open. But my sister definitely was like, "Uh uh-uh, he's not right for you. She loved the man I was with prior, and they were night and day. So it took her a long time to warm up to him. But she's also a loving caretaker who sees the best and, like, hurt people. So eventually, she did grow to love him and, like, be nice and kind to him. But she was just like, he's not the right person for you. He's nothing like a man you
2: should be with. My family, they liked him. They knew he was they had no idea all the stuff he was doing. They thought he was lying about being raped
1: and they were suspicious. No, we haven't covered that part yet. Yeah, exactly. That's a doozy. You guys should go listen to the podcast. Right.
2: (laughs) what I realized about myself, like I will fight for my family and my friends. And at that time I was, that's my man. Don't fuck with him. And they didn't dare say anything. The tiger. Yes, exactly. Um, we always joke. I'm like the tiger, which is pit bull tiger blend. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wasn't ready to hear it. So if someone was going to trash my man, my husband, my fiance, I wasn't going to have it. And I believed him. So I knew that they were skeptical, but they didn't dare badmouth him or anything. Like my friends had done. Done a Google search on him. This was a couple years into it. And she found that he had insurance fraud and I had no idea. And so she kept that to herself because she just knew like if she brought something up, I was going to go ape shit on her and be pissed. Like, why are you
1: meddling in yeah. personal life? It's weird how we do that. We get defensive yeah, and we know they're a piece of shit. Well, it's really hard. Uh, what's that called? Confirmation bias. It's really hard to reconcile with yourself. If you find out that you're wrong about something uh, and you kind of double down on it because you can't reconcile being wrong, feeling the wrong thing. Oh, yeah. It really fucks with your internal Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck, but it Mm -hmm. yeah. Confirmation bias. I think that makes sense here.
2: And I was super stubborn about my ego. You know, I did this really stupid thing. I met someone on the internet. I moved to another state within two months. I was embarrassed of what was unraveling and my ego would not let the world know that I fucked up. And so I was going to put on this image that we were this happy little family, no matter what, yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go down like that. <laughs> so I wish that I would have just put my tail between my legs and went home. But I just know he's a good person. I know he's a good person in there and I'm going to find it.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, most people don't hit the level of what you guys have experienced. So no tell us about the time that he made. Was it a video to some girl he was seeing saying he was going to kill himself? <laughs> And then he sent a message through a fake account or something. Let's see. Ben had dated an ex-seagal and she,
3: he was dating her off and on for about three years while he was with his wife, Amber. And it was just a tumultuous relationship. It looked like it was crazy and wild. And he would kind of morph into these different characters and personalities. Like they would go to concerts and be wild and crazy. And with me, he was laid back and a homebody, homebody and a gym rat. And so with her, it was a totally different thing. I remember when she was trying to break it off multiple times because he had just done her wrong on so many occasions, horrible things had happened to her from him. And he had
2: seen that she had posted something or he thought she was dating somebody. That really sets him off.
1: Mm-hmm. How dare somebody.
2: Yeah. Move on. Even though he's married. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: the irony.
3: So he writes the suicide letter on my daughter's notebook, school paper, stuff, like journal thing, and he either takes a picture of it and then he sends it. He creates a fake Facebook account as his stepsister.
2: Well, he sent her a video. He sent her the letter and then a video of himself taking pills. Yes. And was like, I'm done. I'm out. Oh my Which we have the video. So all she knew is she got a suicide letter and a video. And then that's when the fake... Yeah. The stepsister, which is really Ben, is saying,
3: what did you do to my brother? He killed himself. He's dead. What did you do to my brother? What
2: the fuck? He wanted her to think that he was dead. So he created a fake account, said it was his stepsister... To tell her that he's gone and it's your fault.
1: Was that the end of their relationship?
2: I think so. Okay, good. I think that was when she finally did the restraining order. Did she
0: suspect that that was? A fa- I'm just asking because I don't know if you've ever heard our episode where I talk about we call him the grave digger, <laughs> this guy that I dated that told a whole lot of lies, including a story about digging his own father's grave, who <laughs> actually hadn't died at all. No, he was um, not dead. What? I missed that one. <laughs> Ben did that too, if I was family being dead. I got this very long email from somebody who served in the army with him. And it was very embellished and like sensational about these things that had happened when they were on a tour. Anyway, I was reading it and I was like, there's no way that this is a real email from a real, like this is him. He's writing this and pretending to be somebody else I knew as I was reading it. And you were already
1: broken up at that point. Well, in my
0: mind, we were. I I told him that. I'm not sure he'd really accepted Mm -hmm. that. But So I was just curious, like, if she was looking at that, thinking this is probably bullshit, or did she really think he was dead?
2: I think probably in the very beginning she did, but I think she quickly caught on that we got a sick one on our hands.
0: What a fucked up way to try to inflict pain on somebody. I mean, that's horrible. I mean, that's
2: how he got me to stay for years, is I'm going to kill myself. I'd go out in our garage, and he'd have cords wrapped around his neck, sitting there rocking back and forth. And oh my god, geezer. he's created contraptions that Athena would find of how he was going to kill himself. He tried to strangle himself and like hang himself with the kids' chain swing set. He created
3: a contraption for carbon monoxide poisoning. This whole tube and everything to put in the car, and he'd always like want me and my oldest daughter to find it. He should be in a fucking institution. He
2: should be yeah and the court has all this information they believe him it's the crazy i called the cops on him towards the very end and i said please get to my house he's losing it by the time the cops got there he starts schmoozing and talking sports with the cops and the cops make me leave my house and i was flaming like do you not understand like they believe his bullshit um and the officer called me later the next day to apologize because i was in tears like how can you not see this like This man is so good. Like, he's playing you. Doctors, lawyers are played by him. Any official has been played by him. They all believe his bullshit. And you look like the crazy person.
1: You do. He's clearly a masterful manipulator. Amazing. He must be incredibly charming and just incredibly turn it on.
2: Athena would show up in court for parenting plan stuff and he'd show up with fake documents and she'd leave in tears like, how do you dispute that? Because the courts won't double check to make sure.
3: He signed my signature on a parenting plan and acted like he was having me garnished and made fake bank statements for Amber like he gave to me. Yeah, It's crazy. Jesus.
0: And the court has all this, the fake stuff. And yet it doesn't sound to me that he ever was fully committed to any one person or either of you at any point during your marriage. He was always on apps, always dating people on the side, representing to those people that he was single. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And good news for us. Apparently he's still on the apps here in Seattle.
2: (laughs) He goes by different names now, though. Bradley was one. So Bradley, I lost my nephew while I was with Ben to drug overdose. Um, it was horrific. He's the only grandchild in our family. And um,
1: oh God, I'm sorry. He
2: used Bradley's name on his oh, dating app lovely. of all the names in the world. You took my nephew's name and plastered wow. it on there and then took pictures of me and scratched my face out, like cut me out of the picture or like scribbled it out. That Classic. is a motherfucker right there. I just... lowest blow ever. So for those of us
1: who are still looking for somebody. Don't do it. Eventually. Nobody. Nobody (laughs) is. Right. I know.
0: (laughs) After they listen to this podcast.
1: This is why we need that free
2: website, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, we have our Dirty John directory. Yeah. Tell us about the Dirty John directory. We started it. And unfortunately you're very limited because of slander and libel lawsuits. Mm -hmm. So we can only post men that have criminal records, something that's public information. Sure. But if anything, it's all in one place. So the more women... Women can contribute to it. Like my friend just was like, here's a guy, look into him. See, I think he has two restraining orders. And if we can nail down the restraining orders, then we can post them. But he's got multiple states of women. So at least if there's one directory, you're like, oh, Washington, Oregon, Florida, like one place where you can get everything that you need. With Ben, I did do a background research and nothing came up. Come to find out there was 10 restraining orders from various women prior to me that expired and were no longer, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. He had
0: 10. 10 restraining orders against him plus actually it has to be pretty escalated for somebody to get to the point where they're like okay i've had enough i'm going to get a restraining order so to have fucking 10 oh yeah two of them have moved to other states
3: changed their names everything left their jobs yeah
2: to get away from him because he stalks you harasses you one girl has a 10 year restraining order which is never done usually it's one year and then it expires but she was able to get a 10 year and she wow. won't even talk to us we still
3: can't find her
2: she doesn't want to talk she doesn't want anything to do with him or I'm on a mission maybe you guys can help me <laughs>
3: yeah yeah. she knows who we are so wow. it's hard but like she's the missing link
2: she's the yeah. only woman
3: we can't find to really talk to
2: so we we started this Dirty John directory, the more women can talk and provide the information we can start at least having a resource for people because you know how women love to talk and they're like, I know someone and I know someone here. Yeah. And we also have a private Facebook group for people who maybe don't necessarily have a string or a criminal record or domestic violence that yeah. it won't be so publicly displayed, but you can still go to the Facebook. I think that's a safer one even for Amber and I
3: because we have like a following in Connecticut and I'm not sure if it's the husband out there, but he's like an ex-sniper.
2: Right. So she's scared. We're taking a risk too. Yeah. Right. Our names are there.
3: So I feel like the Facebook private page, but these men are so smart. Eventually Ben's going to create a profile and be on there. Or what Ben does is he will reach out to the other exes and yeah. he will tell them fake stories, hate stories from the women. And so he gets them on their side to where they want to like help take us down. So I know those things are going to happen at any point. And so
2: we had to like put it on hold for a moment. We just know that Ben will reach out to any of those men that are on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, did you know you're on this? And then all the men will start freaking out. Yeah. But it's public information, buddy. There's nothing you can do about that. So don't be a dick and you won't be on a dirty job directory as far as I'm concerned. Again, don't
1: do things that you wouldn't want people to write about. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Does Ben have relationships with other children that he's fathered from all these various women that you know of?
2: We don't know how many kids he has, quite honestly. He probably doesn't either. We know he's got two. There's another child. Yeah. But he does take steroids. And he does take testosterone that pretty much makes your sperm go zip. And he knows that because when we went through IVF, he knows that that will affect your sperm.
3: But yes, he has a child that's opal. So she was born two and a half years or so before Sydney. That's when I got the anonymous email. I don't know if you guys heard that part yet. But his MO is he now, after me, he meets women who want to be mothers, who are kind and loving, want to be moms. And then he feeds them this fantasy about this amazing life being married, having babies, buying homes and traveling. And all the women right now are almost identical. They're all around 40. They're single. They have dogs. They love animals. They are kind. They love their nieces and nephews. Super compassionate.
1: And what is that called? You guys had a term. I learned a term from you guys. Future faking. Future Future faking. faking. Best thing I ever heard from Amber's
2: mouth. Yeah. On point. And you just sit there and wait and wait and wait for that future to come. And it never does.
0: It totally reminds me of that movie where with Cameron Diaz and Kate Upton. Um, was what
2: it is the it? other woman? Yes. And all the while, he basically pitted me and Athena against each other. Oh, Amber was so mean to me, you guys. I was horrible. But at some point, you hated me right back because I was so horrible. Don't let that nice school teacher voice fool you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this woman, when she talks about the tiger, like... I was also on IVF meds too. <laughs> you know, I got a little neurotic and she was fed horrible things about me like... About the mother I was, the CPS stuff, like, that I would never pay attention to Sydney. She'd crawl up to me as a baby and I'd kick her off of me, like... Yeah,
2: he would say all these horrible things about Athena. And
3: she's trying to get pregnant and I accidentally got pregnant twice more
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah
3: oops so I understand why
2: he would make us not like each other but he would never let us talk he would have me change my phone number so Athena couldn't contact me he'd have me block her he needed to control all the information I tried so hard you guys yes
3: she did emailed her voice recordings I reached out I tried to give her solid proof but it was hard because you would block me so none of it would come through I think yeah but she was really good to my daughter and so I was grateful because I knew Ben was just a POS and she would probably be sitting there doing nothing for years and years. And Amber always created fun activities for her, and pumpkin patches and trips and Disneyland. And I knew that I was her at one point, she was me. And so I had empathy and sympathy for her. And I just kept thinking one day she's going to figure this out. And I just have to hang on to that one day. And just finally, I just let it go. And I stopped trying. It took five years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got there.
0: That was a you long there. time. <laughs> so how did you guys finally end up connecting and becoming friends and partners and it's
3: so that that movie it's the exact movie okay Um, amber i want you to tell the story but before you do i just have to tell you one thing so there was another woman involved towards the very end avery um and that's a whole other story but regardless we took ourselves and we were like you're her you're her and you're her off that movie So when Amber comes over for the very first time, she stays with me and stays the night. And it's like that scene where they're in the closet drunk and she's like braiding her hair. And she's like, (laughs) "I'm not going to (laughs) come in and braid my hair. You know, like, don't think we're doing this. And then she's like, fine, come in. So that was like Amber, like we're hammered. Oh, so funny. Staying up and Sydney wanted to spend all this time with her. But Amber and I are just for the first time together. Bonding. It was so fun. We just like wanted to sit there and keep talking. I think we stayed up to like three, four in the morning or oh
1: something. Oh gosh, yeah. Well, you yeah. had a lot to go through, clearly. A lot to share. Right. <laughs> it was a
2: relief. It, you know, I was suspicious from day one, but I, I went and did a stupid thing and moved to a city without having any I tried to move, but it's like, he broke me. He was spending thousands of dollars on other women, but I was trapped. And I was giving him over a third of my paycheck and he got me into a ranger where I couldn't afford. And like, I was broke. And then I got a dog. And so I was like trying to get an apartment. No one's going to rent to me. I can't afford an apartment. I was trying to rent a room out. They wouldn't take dogs. So I was stuck with him for a really long time. And I constantly was like, you need to show me proof. You need to do this, 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 this. And it was constant fighting. And then when my nephew passed, I just was like, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. I'm sick of being miserable. I'm sick of everything. And I tried to leave. And then he's like, I'm going to move to Oregon with you. We're going to have our fresh start. We're going to start new future faking. Again, we're going to have our light at the end of the tunnel, Amber, and we're going to get away from Athena. And I'm right in the middle of revising this parenting plan so I can move forever. And so we went and got a house. Then he's really started getting weird. Like he was gone a lot. And I was like, why can't you just move full time? The moving trucks got here. All of your belongings are here. And it just kept escalating. And so I was like really on it. He'd say, oh, I'm working for Nike he'd send pictures of, here's me on the jet. I have to go away for the weekend for whatever, this new Nike job. And he'd send pictures of him inside a jet. And I think it was like Google images of the Nike private jet. He's good at the Google images. Yes. And we lived right by the airport that the Nike jet would fly out of. He would just get so detailed, right? But I'm still like, you just got home and you have to turn around and fly back. And so I had known that he had gotten a townhouse temporarily because when he had cancer leukemia. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. So he told me that he didn't want to lose his hair and do chemo because he didn't want Sydney to see him that way. So he researched all these really advanced, innovative methods to treat leukemia. And there was a proton therapy, some kind of laser treatment, and it was only offered in Seattle. So therefore he would have to stay in Seattle. And so he got this temporary month to month lease, supposedly on a townhouse in Bothell. So I moved back thinking my husband has cancer. So I'm thinking we have this month to month house, but then once cancer was done or supposed to be done, we were supposed to go back to Oregon. And so we got the house and he was still gone a lot. And I remember on one of his trips, I'm like. I'm going to forward his mail because one thing he would do is no mail ever came to our house ever. No matter what house we lived in, his mail would never come to our house. And he would say, I send it to my mom's house. What was his excuse? I get better tax breaks, tax breaks, car registration fees, all kinds of stuff. So I, as his wife one day, it was while he was gone and I was getting suspicious. I was like, you know, it's, it would only be right that I forward everyone's mail to make sure we're all coming to the same house. So I did, (laughs) I got on and I forwarded mail from his mom's house to our house and then a few things started coming in I was like "Oh, okay well it's just car stuff like you said and then all of a sudden I'm like, I wonder if he still has that townhouse. He told me it's gone and that it was a month to month and he didn't want to stay in hotels while he's going through cancer treatment. And he just wanted to be comfortable. And that would make sense if it was true. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I don't know why, but I was like, I feel like that townhouse, he still has it or something. And I forwarded his mail from there. And sure enough, all the stuff ah. comes in. And so I'm calling him going, hi, honey. I got your mail today. And he's freaking out. What are you doing? And I was like, I'm opening it right now. And you have tickets from this, this, and this, and you have all this stuff. And he's freaking, you can't do that. I'm like, oh, yes, I can. Cause I'm your wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm opening the mail as he's on the phone and he's just dying. Cause he knows he just got exposed. I found out he still had this townhouse. I found out that he was in Seattle when he said he was on a business trips. So I just found out all kinds of stuff. And then that was like, I'm done. And then I knew about this one girl, Avery, because she was posting pictures of him. And I was like, who's this woman? Right. They had a Facebook, like, and the main picture was them together. I found out that he created (laughs) a ballsy. He created a fake Facebook. (laughs) He blocked me on his normal account. And he said, or no, he said, I deactivated my normal account. I just don't want to be on social media. But for some reason, that same weekend, I got his mail. I jumped to one of his friend's accounts and I'm going through the friend list and I see this picture of my husband with some girl. And it says his initials. So you couldn't look him up. Yeah. And so then I'm like, motherfucker, And I'm pissed because I knew about this girl. And he kept saying, she's so obsessed with me. She's psycho. She's a girl I went to school with. And I'd never date someone from my hometown. She probably doesn't even have teeth. Blah, blah, blah. He would just rip his hometown apart. Oh my God. And that's when I was like, oh no, nope, no, no, I'm done. I am done. And so I called Athena. I was like, so I know you hate me, probably, Mm -hmm. but I'm actually done for sure. Cause I had reached out to her within the first year of being with him and I was done at that point. And then I took him back for four more years. So she probably didn't take me too serious. I don't know what made you think that I was serious that time, but I just was like, I'm totally done. Absolutely done. I was probably 50% convinced because you found
3: hard proof and you talked to the other woman that was like, Okay, I'll get involved a little bit. And then
2: immediately, once Athena got on board, then we started uncovering more and then it was pretty. Then we found the two other
3: women. They found us. The Norway
2: chick and then Deanna. How long ago was that?
1: But you were like, I'm done. And you go. Has
2: it been two years almost? It's been almost two years. Yeah. And
3: he was married with two or three other girlfriends at the exact same time. Like who has that much time? That's exhausting.
2: (laughs) And how do you memorize all those lies? It's crazy to me. These women were accepting seeing him every few weeks and thinking they were in a relationship. But it was like every couple weeks two, three, four weeks, even sometimes. So they were getting frustrated. Like, why can't I see you? Not Deanna. He
3: faked he had cancer then and filed for the, what is it, FMLA. And so he would spend his whole
2: entire work day with the other girlfriend and then come home to me. And come home to her after, like he was just at work. Yeah. Oh my God, really? He had taken leave from work. I had no idea he's filing FMLA. And he kissed me goodbye, like he was going to work and he'd go right on over to her house.
0: Wow. Yeah. How hard was it for you ladies to date again after you each escaped?
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, I actually met my current boyfriend within, let's see. I filed divorce in January. I met my boyfriend in May, which is really quick, but I learned so much.
0: But it sounds like you were done, done, like beyond done by the time you- Yes.
2: Oh gosh. I had been mentally checked out for a long time prior, but surprisingly, you would think I'd be kind of psycho and crazy and I don't stalk him. I don't feel the need because I know what to look for. You know what I mean? And he's never given me any sign of, you know, he's like a good Midwestern boy and he's a doctor and he's just very normal. (laughs) Just normal, and I've never. I think with Ben, I had red flags right off the bat. My gut instinct was screaming, and I ignored it. With my new boyfriend, I've never had any feelings of questioning, like, what's he doing? I never felt the need to stalk his social media to see what other girls he's got on there or who he could be talking to. I don't know, I don't know how to describe it because I should be kind of crazy. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm not, I don't think anyways, maybe I am. And I don't know it. No, I think you went through the crazy.
0: How does your current boyfriend feel about you doing this podcast and this project? <laughs> he
2: doesn't listen. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I would not want to hear about your relationship with some other, it's like intimate details. Like yeah. he's mm-hmm. just like, I know the top line stuff. He's a crazy dude. Um, I don't need to listen.
0: So wait, can we hear oh, Athena's answer to that oh, question yeah, when you finally got out, how hard was it for you to date? Oh, it was so hard. He stalked me everywhere I went.
3: He would follow me. He tracked me everywhere. I remember having breakfast with this man I was dating. When I left, I get a phone call maybe an hour later from this guy I'm dating and he's like, okay, I just feel really bad. I'm like, what? He goes, your ex-husband, or we were almost No, we were even married. It was when we had taken a break. But Ben had gone in there and followed me and offered him money. I don't even remember what it was like $10,000, $15,000 to never speak to me ever again. If he would just stop talking to me. That
0: check's going to bounce. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
3: And then another time he knew I was talking to somebody. He tried to run me off the road. He followed me. Another time he tried to find the man I was dating, the taser. He was sleeping on his boat he wanted to tase them and throw them in the water to get rid of them wow yeah he bought different sized shoes to get onto the boat a tarp and everything like it's Psycho. So he
1: watches People investigate. Yeah. also.
2: Non-stop. He watches 60 Minutes. I and mean, like, our date nights on Fridays would be watching 2020 and Dateline. All the time. I
1: mean, that's what we do also. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I love those shows, but I didn't know I was sitting next to a psycho watching them. Yeah.
0: Wow. We didn't know he was taking notes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then later, once we were
3: 100% divorced, um, I was dating Brad, and he sent him an email tending to be somebody who want to talk business with him. I, I can't remember what the excuse was. He wanted to talk to him. So he asked to meet him. And so Brad was like, sure. And so he just opens up, he's reading it. And then he gets to the bottom and he rereads it to see the date and time to meet with this gentleman. And he's like, holy motherfucker. Are you fucking kidding me? Dumbass Ben forgot to take the signature part of the email where it says his fucking name and everything else.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, that's the thing with him. I, thankfully, when I did finally pull the plug, I lived a state away, so he couldn't just, he would, because he's notorious for stalking women, harassing them. You can't just break up and be done.
0: Uh, Yeah, again, 10 restraining orders.
2: Exactly. So I was lucky in the fact that when we finally did, I had a five-year no-contact order from Bothell Police Department. So he was not able to contact me and I lived a state away. So I didn't have to go through what Athena and some of the other women had to do because some of the other women, he would let their dogs out of the backyard while they were at work. Oh. Just things that would hurt her, slash her tires, break windows. He's keyed my car. So I didn't have to go through that you know thankfully but the other women have had horrible things yeah I mean the other men that Avery was
3: dating he, let's see bash out her windows he keyed her car he keyed my car he cut the brake lines
2: of a man she was dating I mean it goes on and on and on uh, the the that's
3: brake lines? fucking dangerous
1: I
2: mean, you, you can't ever prove it though and that's the thing he actually had Sydney in the car with him as he went to do the deed night vision goggles yes everything so poor Sydney was by herself at midnight parked down the street street in a dark car while he was vandalizing and doing sneaking in through her backyard. My daughter
1: watched him do all of it. But you know, let's let him keep his rental rights.
2: That's fine. We tried so hard. We gave him 300 plus pages of documentation proof and it's like they didn't even read it at all. I even did like a summary page like I know it's a lot of stuff to go through but here's the top line stuff like really important stuff and it's like they didn't even read it. And multiple women came forward
3: to help me. Wow. Multiple. That had known her and known what he had done to them and they didn't care.
2: She was like, this is a different topic. And he even admitted to having borderline personality disorder in court. And they still didn't even... Didn't even look at it. The last parenting
3: plan, I got everything I wanted. I have it signed that he has borderline. He had no choice. He had signed it away because he was so afraid. I think he had a warrant for his arrest. So he didn't want to show up to our court appointment. So I pretty much mm-hmm. got what I need to finally, all these years later in writing. Amber and I have both called the police to say what he's done. Like he's violated our no contact order. <laughs> if a no contact order. He violated... I like it like every day they don't do anything they don't do shit the police want to but the judges are like "Mm, you
2: don't have enough proof right can't do this can't do that and then they're very like a father must be in the child's life and
1: blah 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 and not this
0: father yeah (laughs) so it's really sad if he goes to jail he won't be for at least a while it's gonna be a vacation yeah Yeah. even if it's six months or a year like that is huge it's a little scary though to think about all that time he has to sit there and think and plot plot. oh shit i never thought about that one dang it All (laughs) right. <laughs> Damn it, Megan. Again, the 60
2: minutes. Yes. Now, do you guys like being single? Are you scared? Like, I mean, obviously we're really extreme situation, but they're out there. Like, do you feel like you've ever encountered guys that were super shady where you're like, wait, that doesn't seem right. Like he said he had a computer science degree, right? When I first met him, I'm like, I have a PhD in computer science from University of Washington. Oh, okay. So I go to his house. It's framed on his wall. I'm like, that must be true. Like, I didn't have any reason or thought of checking to verify why would I do that? that. Right. Come to find out he buys them online for $350 and you can buy trans. Doesn't he also say
0: he played football for you or something? That's easy to look into. That's a dumb lie.
2: (laughs) And he's a
3: psychologist. He's a psychologist too. On the dating apps, we found some of his profiles and it's like Bradley something. He's like three years younger and he's a psychologist. Yeah. Like,
2: oh, that's a new one. He's told the girl from Norway, he owns multiple homes in multiple cities. He was a professional MMA
1: fighter, champion, karate champion. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) you guys need to send us some screenshots of that ship like on the side so that we know who to look out for please
0: we have talked in some of our episodes more in like a comical way I Mm -hmm. guess about some of the crazies that we've encountered I mean I've had one person that I had to threaten with a restraining order after only going on one date with him he had just some kind of like rage problem, clearly. I think I listened to that episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then the gravedigger And <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that's ever like truly, truly scared me was that girl who had the three kids in Seattle right. that went out with a guy that like hacked her into in pieces yeah. after a Mariner's yeah. game and she had no idea. Yeah. That shit scared me. I don't know if you guys listen to our episode respectfully. The guy that I broke up with over Marco Polo, going to (laughs) now, he definitely was lying. I think about I never knew exactly what, but I could just tell there was lies and inconsistencies. And we would talk about it a lot and talk about how like the stuff he said didn't add up. The funny thing about that is that he still reaches out to me. Like he like just yesterday. sent me a Marco Polo <laughs> yesterday. Oh, I yesterday. haven't responded to like his last three Marco Polos. And she never will again or I will slap her side the head. Okay. What is Marco Polo? I know. I'm trying to figure that out. I don't know what Marco Polo is. Instead of like a text exchange, it's a video exchange. Oh, okay. Is it an app called
1: Marco Polo? Yeah. Oh. You can watch it live. Like if you were talking to me right now, it would say live and I could be okay. watching you. Oh. and then I could record back. And so it's this ongoing conversation or you can just look at it later when you have time.
0: Okay. So he lives in Renton and... Renton. Renton, <laughs> Renton 30 <laughs> South. So we weren't able to see each other a lot, maybe once or twice a week. And so we would use Marco Polo so we could see each other. But he does weird shit. Like he Venmoed me a dollar. He was like, "Hey, <laughs> like hope ago. everything's going well." It's like tries to find all these different ways to get attention to interact with you because I, I don't respond to him. Oh, that's the worst. And even to the point where he'll Venmo me a dollar just so to weird. see if I'll respond on there. Just weird shit like not that.
3: responding is the best response, right? It like boils their blood. Yeah. I love it. It's so hard
0: to not respond, but yeah. But I've been divorced for over nine years. And so I've done a ton of online dating. You could write a book, I bet. It oh, feels yeah. like it sometimes.
1: Do you guys do background searches before you go on dating?
0: I never have. Never.
1: Now have. I might start.
0: <laughs> I know. I feel like though we're savvy, Michelle and I, uh, like recognizing some of those red flags, a lot of certainly now more than I used friends to that we have that have just gone through divorce in the last couple of years are getting on the apps and diving into that world after being married for like 13 years or whatever.
2: Like they're so green, they have no idea. They'll
0: say something and you're like, oh no 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 no, that always happens, or no, this person will say that, or you know, you're kind of like trying to educate them on the the lay of the Well, even
2: the catfishers too, like. I don't think I've ran into a catfish, but Avery did. She was one of the girlfriends that we befriended. Like she was all smitten with this guy. And then oh my, my friend God. did a, a Google reverse search. And we're like, oh girl,
1: it's not. That's real. not real. Yeah.
2: It was so sad. That's when she went back to Ben. She
3: betrayed us and went back to Ben. Oh no. no. And gave him all of our information for
2: court. <gasps> it was terrible. Is she with him now? No, she fucking wishes him dead. She stayed for another year though, like off and on Oof. after she betrayed us gave him all of our information. That's why we lost in court. How did she
0: get back into your
2: good graces after that? Because we're too fucking nice. Yeah. <laughs> because we know him. I mean, it's kind of crazy because people could say the same thing. Like, Amber, you're a fucking moron. Like, why would you say five years? You knew, you know? And I could be like, Did she not get it? She's so fucking stupid. I was stupid too. Like,
1: it's easy to say that from here, like listening to the story. Yeah.
2: Once you're on the outside. Yes, exactly. But she fucking screwed us so hard. She did. Wow. Yeah. I think that played a big part in why Athena didn't get full custody. It is
3: exactly why. Uh, And I forgave
2: her first because,
3: again, just like with you, Amber, like I know how manipulative Mm -hmm. he is. And I know that he played her. And I know that she admits to being an empath. But we definitely kept her at a distance for a long time.
2: She felt like everyone abandoned him and that he has psychological problems. And she she wanted to to be the one to fix him and make sure he went and got therapy. She has a sick mom. Yeah. She has an ill mother. So it was like,
1: my mom's mentally ill and he played up on that, I'm sure. This is the kind of shit that scares me because I could, well, and I think I'm better at noticing this shit now, but I'm kind of a fixer. I see somebody, we always joke, Megan's like, people see red flags and they slowly back away. And you're like, tell me more. Yeah. And- well, yeah. yeah.
2: And even to this day, I feel like he's a broken bird. I'm like, he wasn't born this way. So how did you get this way? What happened in mm-hmm. your life to make you this way? and I feel bad. I feel like I want him to be happy. Like I don't want him to live because he lives a miserable life, constant drama. It's he can't possibly be happy. So I'm like, that's really sad. Like you're 41, two years old and you still, you don't have a stable life. You're not happy. You have a mother that loves you. You have family that love you. Get your shit together. Why can't you (laughs) like, what happened to you? You know what I mean? But I still like, he knows to come to me because I'm still weak. And Athena has to talk me off the ledge. I'm like, girl, no. Uh, <laughs> like, okay. don't fall for it. Those are fake tears. Yeah. Don't do it. He FaceTimed her using
3: yeah. Sydney's phone three, four weeks ago. When I was talking to her about it, she was sounding a little soft and I was like, "Uh -uh." uh-uh. Uh-uh. I was like, he got you, but he does it. He did. What happened, Amber? Then
2: he turned on me.
3: (laughs) They turned turned on on her a week later. He called me a liar and was- With her on a text and the new girlfriend. Yeah, he threw me right under the bus And was like, you're jealous. You're making up stuff because you're still in love with me.
2: Sending me screenshot after screenshot. I'm like, just stay away. I know. He turned just like that.
0: I was telling Michelle before we recorded this that there's a little component of your story that reminds me a little bit of the women in the Nexium cults. Because when we were watching it on HBO, they were talking about how we understand that anybody who just hears like a smattering of details from our story. Is going to think, why the fuck would you stay? Why the fuck wouldn't you get out? Why are you subjecting yourself as women to all of this crazy shit? And of course, that cult was led by an ultimate narcissist. But then, as you watch the series and you watch the women like tell their story about how they got pulled in and they're all like attractive and a lot of them connected to the entertainment industry and stuff, you hear the whole story then you understand. You understand how like smart, beautiful, successful women who seem like they'd have a lot of resources to get out of something like that if they wanted to got stuck to a point where they got hurt. It doesn't make any sense until you hear their story. Yeah. So it kind of reminded me like anybody could say to any one of these victims of Ben, like, why would you subject yourself?
2: Exactly. Even after five years, I reached out to Athena. Her and her husband were like, yay. Oh my God. She finally saw the light. And then no sooner had I saw the light, all of a sudden I'm calling her with Ben on the phone going, we're actually going to give it one last try. And they were probably like, Oh, what? And it's because he pulled the whole Amber, you married me in sickness and in health and I'm sick and you can't bail on me. Oh God. Did you not take our vows seriously, Amber? It's not my fault that I have a mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. And so, of course, I'm like, yeah, good point. Damn it. Damn it. And so, yeah, I took him back for like three weeks. And before I finally was like, okay, no, 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 no. You're still cheating. You're still lying. You are not getting better. But even to this day, he's like, you bailed on the marriage. I was in it for the long run. He flips it. He manipulates the shit out of you. Yes. Uh huh. So, and I was like, so, Ben, you were still cheating with Avery when I took your ass back. But I was sick, Amber. I was sick.
0: My God, Amber, have you
2: listened to our episode on gaslighting? Yes. Okay, good. He's just the worst. And he uses the daughter too. Anything he can use. He used to say, like, she considers you more of a mom than her mom. I was like, bullshit. No, she doesn't. But he would say that. But he would even manipulate it in that way because I don't have children. So he would use that as a tactic, like, she loves you more than her mom even. She actually might. It's okay. (laughs) No, she doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like Disneyland mom. That's why. Because I don't do the day to day, you know. I'll send her to you if you want. If you need a refresher (laughs) course or anything, she'll not think of me that way. (laughs) (laughs) She lives with me. But (laughs) But no, it was like psychological, you know, what do you think you're leaving me? Like, what do you think that's going to do to Sydney and how that's going to affect her? And so he would do that too. And then you're like, Oh my God, I'm a horrible person. Mm -hmm.
1: So I would like to avoid ever being with somebody like this. So (laughs) let's talk about a few like red flags that those of us who are still looking can look out for. We were talking a little bit before this And it's so hard when you're presented with so little information on an app, right? Because of course, that's how we have to meet people these days. You know, some things that stand out for me really quickly are if it's like all gym selfies or you're just showing off all your muscles all the time. Like, I don't give a shit about that. And Even if you're a lovely person, we're probably not going to be a good match honestly, <laughs> if it's just pictures and no content, if they're not smiling, like, do you have any teeth in there? Yes. I thought that about my husband. I finally, I think I drank a ball of wine. I'm like, just curious. How come you never smile? Do you have teeth? Show me what's in there. Yeah. Yeah if they're always wearing sunglasses, like are their eyes like this? Like what's going on? But those are all really superficial things. What are the things that we can look for? Well, and
0: a big one for me, well, there's two big ones for me, I would say. One is if they have kids, but they either don't have custody or they only spend a small amount of time or like guys that'll say, you know, I have a beautiful eight-year-old daughter. She lives with her mom in Colorado Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, why are you not making an effort to live by your kid, you know? Uh Uh also the list, like the parade of horribles, you know, like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. I won't date anyone who has this, you know, like all the negative Mm -hmm. stuff instead of just saying like, hi, this is who I am. And here's a little bit about me. That feels like really entitled to me when it's, you know, I won't do this. I won't take this. I won't accept this, blah, blah, blah. But what else can you ladies tell us,
2: <laughs> help us? I think for me, it was the love bombing right off the bat. You are the most special, amazing person. He said, I love you on the second date. Thought that was weird. But oh, at the same Jesus. time, proposing really quick, everything's rushed. Yeah. Yeah. If they look too good to be true, I like they are. he's a doctor and he's handsome and he's this and that. And. The future faking. The future faking. Yeah. Like he used to say, I can see my future with you and I have visions of us, but moving too fast too soon is huge. Mm -hmm. Possessiveness. Possessiveness was a huge thing. Especially at the beginning. Talking bad about your exes. Yes. That is
3: a huge Mm -hmm. one, I think. I look at a man and when he is neutral or... I don't need him to boast about his ex because that's weird too. But if they're neutral, I'm like, you're even more handsome. But when they're just like putting her down and putting her down or it's just like red flag, red flag, there's two sides to every story. And I know that sweetie, because I've lived it. And so I'm like, next. Yeah.
2: Just being secretive. He changes his name on Facebook. So he's not searchable. He's hiding something. He doesn't want people to find him. Right. He'll do various aliases. He'll keep you separate from things and people. He doesn't want you to really know too much. Everything's just kind of separate.
0: It's a red flag when a guy is never introducing you to his family or friends. You think you're getting more serious, but he's not integrating you right. at all.
2: Well, right, and not following through was a huge one. Like he put a ring on my finger in six weeks, but then never talked about the marriage, the wedding plans. He just wouldn't follow through with anything. I love you. I I want to do this. I want to have babies. I want I want this. I want to buy a house. You. Try to buy a house; it falls through. Like there's always something. He never follows through with anything. I don't know how to describe it other than just it's like kicking the can down the road is what he'll do. He'll promise you the world and not follow through. Very true. I think when their words don't match their actions is such a huge one. Oh yeah, you might as well just plug your ears and watch what they physically do because the words don't even matter. There was always signs about like everyone's after him. He always has a sob story, and he's always a victim, never accountable. Right? He's always a victim. Everyone's out to get him this one's crazy, this one's psycho, this guy's jealous. It's always like a victim and he's not at fault, 100%. I read
1: something, I think it was, um, do you know who Mark Manson is? He's the author of that article that that one dude sent you once. If it's not a fuck yes, it's a no, Mm -hmm. which I have to say, I actually appreciate that sentiment. And I follow him on social media now and he's got some pretty interesting stuff to say, like kind of self-empowerment things. But one of the things he said was, an accusation from a narcissist is an admission.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, So true. All the lies he told her about me, he was doing
1: Mm -hmm. stuff he was doing.
2: I think that mostly women, and we always discuss this too. Like, I think your gut is your biggest ally, and we all ignore it. And for me and Athena, we're like, I just wanted proof. I needed solid proof, and then I'd still say he gave me fake court documents, but I knew my gut, something was still wrong. So I'm still searching, but you had your answer. Your gut is telling you the answer all along. And with people like that, you have to go no contact. Like you can't be friends. You can't leave the door open because they will stalk you and hound you and cry and boo-hoo and they'll wear you down.
1: Tuck you back in.
2: They will. And so it's like, if you know in your gut, and it's going to be very obvious, like when things are wrong. Or if you feel like you aren't telling your friends and family everything, like you feel like you're ashamed and embarrassed, and I am not gonna tell them that he was on match.com right before he proposed to me. <laughs> like, you <laughs> know what I mean? I just kept that one to myself. I think it's just being cognizant of what your gut's telling you and trust it and don't try to find the hard evidence. You can, but after you shut the door, maybe just with
1: shits and giggles. Right. Cause ultimately, if you don't feel good about it, then it doesn't matter whether you have hard proof or not, which is so hard. Cause we would say, say that we preach that but it's
3: so hard to do it until you're mentally ready i know it, it's hard
2: but some people do and i'm just like wow you're fucking rad his current girlfriend she knows everything everything she knows our entire story she found us she's still with
3: how in the fuck, fuck still stay? Stay? episode 36 narcissism okay so you know how you guys mentioned something about if you're staying with them maybe you need to look at yourself like what's wrong yeah mm-hmm. So we call her Elizabeth. And so I'm not trying to talk to Elizabeth, but Elizabeth literally pretended that she was his personal assistant, called the airline, got every bit of information, found out about another girl in California that he had, contacted her. But before that, contacted me and the another ex-girlfriend because she actually physically went into King County Court, downtown Seattle, put the headphones on, heard every little recorded everything, read every charge, everything. Like she had the liberty of knowing this stuff that we didn't know. She's the one who informed me
2: about the 13 counts of fraud. She knew everything. Wow. And she, she was still with him as of recently. She ended up moving to another state, but they're still talking. And he's trying to tell her he's moving to her state, just like me. But I was like, girl,
3: he's not going. I'm telling you now. So I know that obviously she's got an issue, right? I mean, because you knew everything. Like I didn't have to come to you and tell you. He can't say, oh, well, they're lying. She knows it's true. She's a fixer. She wants to see if she can fix him. Yeah, she feels
1: sorry for him. Oh, God. Maybe I'll be the one that will change him. She had not met me yet.
2: Yes. She's a special one. And that's what he does too. Like, when Avery kind of betrayed us and wasn't strong and went back to him, I always feel like he makes you feel like you're the most special. Like, I didn't love any of those other girls. It's always been you, Avery. Yes. Like, you're the yes. one. And so she bought into, like, I'm the one. I knew it all along it's like this winning you want to win and I remember Athena telling me that like Amber don't try to do the girl thing like I just want to win you know because you don't want him
1: right you don't want that prize
2: but you start getting competitive especially when there's multiple women and you were the wife so I got it yeah I remember you saying that to me and I was like no I don't want to win she can have him. But you, d- you did for a minute. I did for a minute. Three weeks, I took him back. That's just human nature. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow! Well, it sounds like he is a master he manipulator is, well. and it's hard to break free.
3: If we hung up with you right now and you called him, you guys would have probably be laughing and believing a story within like 45 minutes. Everybody does. Oh, I know. My husband has had a little bit of a tough time with it. When we first met, of course I didn't tell him. And I told Amber, when she started dating, I said, do not tell them, do not post a picture. He will stalk you. Do
1: not
2: tell anything. He will disrupt your life and ruin everything. I'm still not connected. My boyfriend, we'll be together two years in May. And I, we're still not connected on social media, just for that fact. Oh, wow. Because I know he goes on Sydney's phone and goes to my social media, and I don't want him to know his name. I don't want him anywhere near him. Wow, And I remember the beginning, like he
3: came to my house, bended. So we went into my garage and he like cries on dime, like we were saying. Then when he left, he goes, honey, I love you. But he's like, I believe people deserve second chances. I only know so much about this man, but he's crying in our garage. And it was because I was threatening to tell Amber everything. So long story short, after that, within a few weeks, he had done something or showed up at court and like served me with something. I can't remember. And wrote all this fake shit. And my husband was like, Oh my. it was his first time ever witnessing the crazy. He's like, but, but he, but he was just crying in the girl, but he's like, Oh fuck. Like he is psycho. <laughs> Holy <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> so he has my back. But I will say that, in all seriousness, he was getting a little worried and nervous, and it's a lot. But I told him, I said, I couldn't have lived through all of this. It has to be for a reason. My sister's one year older than me. We are best friends, we grew up like twins. I couldn't have lost her for no reason. And you know, his mom even said she's not quite so on my side about what we're doing. My husband's mother, because she's nervous that like my family would be unsafe, and and I, and I respect her. But again, I had to tell her the truth too. I said, all of this couldn't have happened to me for no reason. Like there is a reason. And I take that risk and I love my babies and I love my children. I love my family. So I'll take every precaution necessary, but this has to be for a reason. The things Amber lived through, the things the other women have gone through, He's destroyed our lives and we've barely touched on it. He's destroyed our lives. All of us are rebuilding and I'm thankfully ahead of them because I was one of the
0: first is what it is. The last thing that I want to ask you guys is if this process is therapeutic for you. It sounds like group, (laughs) like group therapy, talking to all these women.
2: So my parents and family and boyfriend, they've all been kind of worried as well. It's like, this is such negativity. Like it has to subconsciously be affecting you. And I don't know what it is and maybe it's a defense mechanism of my brain or when you've gone through something traumatic, but it's almost as if that never happened. Like it's someone else's story. I've compartmentalized and it doesn't like, I don't have emotions tied to it. PTSD sister. PTSD. (laughs) That's what it is. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how to describe it other than I feel very disassociated with it. Like I talk about this person and I forget that I was even with him and it doesn't even seem like that was me. Like it happened to somebody else. It's really weird. Me too. I feel the same way. Wow. But I think
3: I'm far enough away from it that Amber and I have even talked about this. We, I don't even know if we hate him. We, I don't think, I don't. I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry and sad for him.
2: I don't hate him. I feel sorry.
3: So I'm like way on the other side of it.
2: Yeah. I don't have hate.
3: Like Amber had said. That is his life. That's the life he lives every day. And it's crumbling before his eyes.
0: And it's awful. And we've
2: moved on.
3: He did it
0: to himself. When you choose to be a con artist, it will catch up with you eventually. Yeah.
2: I actually went to the doctor and I was like, I think I need some meds <laughs> to handle getting through this thing. Me. And the doctor, yes, like we immediately were like, I need some anxiety meds, something ASAP. So I went to my doctor and I told him what I was going through. And the minute I said he's got a cluster B. He's like, Oh girl, just run. Mm -hmm. Those are the worst people to treat because most of them don't think there's anything wrong. They're super sleazy and slimy manipulative. Psychiatrists don't want to mess with them. He's like, girl, like it's a personality. It's not like bipolar or depression or something that you can treat with medication. This is not treatable. There's no medication that will fix him. So run for your life. When he said Athena had cancer, he was funneling money. Oh, you had cancer too? He said that Athena had cancer and that's why, because he got caught embezzling money. So when he got caught, he said, Athena has cancer and so we really need the money. I called in and he
3: wasn't even going to work anymore. He goes, I fired your husband. You didn't know. He goes, Athena, I need to ask you a question. I'm like, okay. And he's like, do you have cancer? This is awful for me to ask, but this and this and this happened. And I was still tied to him. We'd just been married for five weeks, five weeks only. And I'm like, you know, it's the beginning stages. So I'm going to look into it because I knew that I'd be on the hook for it financially. And then I, the next day I went to the courthouse and I fell all the papers to legally protect myself financially. And that was it.
1: Okay, guys. Well, thank you so very much for agreeing to join us here and tell us your story. Tell everyone how they can find you. You can find us on our Facebook page, X-Wives Undercover. You can
3: find us on Pinterest now. We are on Twitter, our YouTube channel. Instagram, and then www.xwivesundercover.com. You will find our podcast there as well as on, gosh, let's see, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple
2: podcasts. Kind of everywhere. All the main ones. Yeah. All the main ones. Yeah. But if you go to X-Wives Undercover, it's kind of everything. There's resources there. There's the podcast, there's the book, there's blogs. Like You can kind of find everything. Yeah. But thank you so much for having us. Yeah. We had so much fun. I want to come up there and meet you guys. Once we're out of quarantine,
1: we need to go have a drink. I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it was so wonderful to meet you both. I've really been enjoying the podcast. It is the train wreck I can't look away from. It is so an it's-
0: entertaining shit show.
1: <laughs> Holy shit. So, yeah. So it's been really nice to talk to you and get a little more of the tea there. So <laughs> yeah. thank, you. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah. As for us, uh, you all know you can find us at Prosecco Theory on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're going to have to look into this Pinterest thing. Okay. Yeah. You can send us an email at Cheers Theory.com. We'll see you next week.
0: All right. Thanks, yeah, ladies. Cheers. cheers, cheers everybody.